Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you. Uh, this is the kind of the warm-up welcome, if you like, because we've got another welcome in a moment. But uh, before the Scouts, Guys, Cubs, etc. come in, we're going to just watch a clip from the actual coronation of 1953. And this video is only five minutes long, but this is a lovely moment in the service when uh, the Queen is about to be anointed, and the anointing is the absolutely the most sacred moment of the whole coronation. So this is the recording of that moment from 1953. Zadok the priest you'll hear as well, which is a lovely tune. Uh, and of Handel setting of the great anthem, Zadok the priest. In the middle of this anthem, the Queen will prepare herself for her anointing. The act which began with the, with the invocation of the Holy Spirit. This is a most sacred part of the service, for it is the Queen's hallowing. Not until she has been anointed, as Solomon was anointed by Zadok, can she be crowned. During the anthem, she will be divested of her crimson robe of state and all her jewels, and will put on a simple white linen garment. In this garment of white, in such contrast to the splendors about her, she will move for the first time to King Edward's chair.
sit down. A very warm welcome to you all. If you don't know who I am, I'm the vicar. I'm Peter, Reverend Peter, the children know me as, and Debbie, my wife, is there. And we're going to be leading the service together. And we want to give you a warm welcome, say a warm welcome to you all, to our very special service here today. A uh, very warm welcome also to our friends from uh, the Methodist Church here in the village and also to Storehouse Church who also meet in the village, a very warm welcome to you all and a warm welcome to parents and other guests and the other visitors who are with us this morning and also, of course, our people who are meeting with us online. Everybody is very welcome. Particular welcome I want to say to, now let me try and get this right. You can give me a wave if you're in these groups. Beavers? Any beavers here? Give them a wave, that's it, wonderful. Cubs? There's the cubs. We've got brownies. Hello, brownies. Scouts over there. Are there any explorers? I don't think we've got explorers with us today, but very, very welcome to you all. You're very welcome amongst us this morning, and your flags and your uniforms look really, really smart. And we very much hope, everybody, you'll enjoy our service together this morning. 
All the words for the hymns and the songs and the prayers will be up there on the screen behind me. Uh, Toilets, if you need a toilet uh, during the service, there are some off the foyer just on the left there, also some at the end of the hall as well. Let's just have a moment of quiet, shall we? Let's pause and remember we meet in the presence of Almighty God. Let's just be quiet for a moment, shall we? And so so do join in the words in bold type. O Lord, open our lips. Let your ways be known upon earth. We gather together today to worship God and in thanksgiving for the 70 years of faithful service of our Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth. We give thanks for her example of faithfulness to God and to her people, and we pray God's blessing on her, that she may continue to fulfill the promises she has made with generosity and joy. On this very special day, we also remember and celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the day we rejoice that God has poured out upon us the Holy Spirit. As we give thanks to God, for the Queen's long life of service and her anointing with the Spirit at her coronation, we also celebrate that we too can be filled and anointed with God's holy and life-giving Spirit, each and every one of us. Morning, everyone. We're going to sing praises now to our faithful God. And the first hymn that we're going to sing is And Can It Be? And the second song um, is particularly well loved, I think, by children at Oak Meadow. So you might know this one. But it also has a message that comes straight from the Bible and is a blessing for all of us, no matter how old or young we are. It's called The God of Hope. And I'm hoping that Jeanette and maybe even some of the children will come up and sign that for us in just a moment. But first, let's stand together and sing that amazing hymn that speaks of our salvation in Jesus. And can it be? Thank you. 
you were in the singing group at um, Oak Meadow that came and performed on that Friday night and you want to come and join me at the front to do May the God of Oak, please do. We'd love you to have you with us. absolutely fantastic and I can see that a lot of you are much better at signing that than I am so well done that was really beautiful okay the Holy Spirit that was present at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit who is available to each one of us right here and right now so we're going to say a response now um, where we ask God to fill us with his spirit. So before we do that, let's just keep a moment of quiet. And if you feel comfortable doing this, you might just want to hold your hands out in front of you as a way of saying to God, I want to receive all that you want to bless me with today. So let's have a moment of quiet and then please join in with the words in bold type. As we wait in the quiet, 
Fill us with your spirit. As we listen to your word, fill us with your spirit. As we worship you in majesty, fill us with your spirit. As we long for your refreshing, fill us with your spirit. As we long for your renewing, fill us with your spirit. As we long for your equipping, fill us with your spirit. As we long for your empowering, fill us with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Right, Jeanette, do you just want to um, come back up quickly if you're around? And you want to just explain a little bit about what's going to um, be happening with the children today? Thank you. Yes, so as you were waiting in to come into church in the church hall, just you would have seen some activities, um, which you're welcome to come through to the church hall now and do those with us. We're going to be making some salt dough, salt dough crowns. Um, we're going to do a joint project of the Queen's Head, which you would have seen in, in, in the hall just, uh, where we're all going to add a little piece to it. And also we're going to make some Pentecost streamers, which are like a fire flag. Um, I'm hoping we can come back into church later to wave those as we sing um, the national anthem together. So if you'd like to come and do that, I think that's happening. Is that going to happen now? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. So I'll just pray for you as um, you go out to do that now, and then hopefully we can see what you've been doing a little bit later on. So let's just pray as the children and young people and their helpers go out. Father God, we thank you for all the children and young people here today and all those who help them. And whether they are the leaders and helpers who are going out now, whether they're leaders and helpers in uniformed organisations or in our schools and nurseries, we pray that you will bless each one, assure them of your love. And that this morning they will have a wonderful time together, learning more about you and having fun. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as they continue to go out, we're going to sing another song, which is very appropriate on a day like today. We're going to sing The Servant King. And after that, we're going to have our two Bible readings, which are being read this morning by two members of the Methodist Church that meets here in the village. So please stand to sing again, The Servant King.
first reading is from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations no longer will they be any curse the throne of god and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads amen And the Gospel reading is Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22. Paying the poll tax to Caesar. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you were a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Thanks be to God for his word.
Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And we pray that your word would now do all that you want it to do as we receive it in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a very special occasion, isn't it? <clears throat> and uh, it's wonderful to be able to worship together as churches from across the village and also, of course, to welcome the, uh, the children who have now gone out to do their activities uh, as we give thanks to God for the Queen and her 70 years of faith and service as our monarch. And this may well be, and in fact, I'm pretty sure it is, thanks, Debbie, a unique event in the history of our nation. I, I'm not a betting man, but if I was to be, I would bet that this will never happen again. Let alone the history of our country, let alone the history of the world. Uh, there are only three other monarchs who have ever reigned longer than the Queen, our Queen, in world history. And uh, those of you boffins out there, you'll know this already, but uh, the longest reigning monarch in world history is King Louis XIV of France who reigned for 72 years, 110 days, from 1638 to 1715. Now, he slightly cheated because he was, he was king at the age of four. So I think really the queen has won already. But, um, but in strict terms, she hasn't quite got there. Uh, she is already the longest uh, reigning female monarch. But the queen has got to reign for about two more years, then she'll be the longest reigning monarch in world history. So she became queen uh, way back in 1952. Uh, in that year, the Korean War had about 18 months still to run. Uh, Winston Churchill was the incumbent prime minister who had announced that Britain had an atomic bomb three weeks after the accession. Uh, Alan Turing, if you know who he is, had to go estrogen treatment to avoid a prison sentence for admitting to a homosexual relationship. The play The Mousetrap began its record-breaking run. And the Chilean-born striker George Robledo became the first foreign player to score in an FA Cup final as Newcastle beat Arsenal 1-0. <laughs> There's something for the pub quiz, isn't there? And during the course of her extraordinary reign, Queen Elizabeth has been served by 14 prime ministers and many, many, many other Commonwealth leaders. Politically, she has seen the transformation from the British Empire to the Commonwealth, as well as, of course, the process of decolonization around the world. Professionally, she is patron of over 600 charities and organizations and has raised hundreds of millions of pounds for them. Personally, she doesn't give her opinion on events, but she has had to weather a series of familial trials, including, of course, her Annus Horribilis of 1992, which was characterized by uh, divorces and affairs within her family, as well as an unfavorable reception in Germany and a fire at Windsor Castle. She's also endured an extended fallout more recently over the breakup of Prince Charles and Princess Diana, and the current accusations surrounding another of her sons, Prince Andrew. 
This is, without doubt, an extraordinary moment in the history of our nation, let alone the history of the world. But where does the Queen gain her sense of duty and service from? How has she managed to weather all those storms, all those trials, all those difficulties as monarch for all these years? For 70 years of work as head of state, head of the Commonwealth, supreme governor of the Church of England, she's managed all this with, with amazing diligence, amazing grace, astute intelligence, deep humility, and tremendous effectiveness. What is her secret? Where does it all come from? That clarity of vision, the stammer, the steadfastness that she shows in duty and in care. But not only that, the Queen serves with real love for people and a shining heart of hope. You've probably been watching a lot of TV these last few days, I should imagine. And one of the TV commentators commented on the way that the Queen, when you meet her, those who have met the Queen, uh, say that she fixes you with her full attention and she doesn't waver when she's with you. Not looking around the room to see who's more interesting to, to, to be with. No, she just fixes her, her gaze, her, her eyes on you. It's amazing. Just a quick story that shows her, her love, her warmth for people. David Knott, the surgeon from Medicine Sans Frontières, who worked all over, who worked all the way through the shelling of Aleppo. If you remember that, uh, the, uh, the city of Aleppo uh, was being shelled by the Syrians and the Russians in, in about 2016. And this, this man, David Knott, was was, was surgeon there. And he, and after coming back, he was invited immediately to come to, to meet the Queen at Buckingham Palace. And she sat next to him and asked him, what was it like to be in that hospital where you were surgeon with the shelling going on in Aleppo? And he was so overwhelmed with emotion, he couldn't talk, couldn't speak. And the Queen then, apparently, she promptly produced from her handbag a packet of dog treats and said, shall we feed the corgis? Which they did in silence until he recovered his composure. So what has sustained, what has, what has shaped this remarkable stateswoman? We know very little about what she thinks about a whole host of issues. And yet she's been extraordinarily clear about where her guiding principles come from. Although the majority of her biographers don't, well, they rarely pay attention to her words in this respect. And it's interesting to note that um, only one biography of her that she has directly commented on and wrote a preface for, and it's this one. It's called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. And in this book, she wrote the preface. The only time she's ever done it, a, a, a biography of herself. And the answer to all these questions I've been posing is this, one word, Jesus. Jesus. It is as she testifies the teaching of Jesus that has shaped her. The example of Jesus that has inspired her and the power of Jesus that has enabled her to do the job that God called her to do all those years ago. We can see it in her actions. The fruit of the Spirit is rich in her 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those qualities are rich in her. And we, we hear it in what she says, in, in, what, in, in her words. She has repeatedly communicated the reality of her faith in Jesus Christ and the difference it has made to her in speeches, particularly in the Christmas addresses that she's given. Almost every time the Queen speaks about her faith in her Christmas speeches, she relates it directly to Jesus Christ. And she is effusive in her appreciation. He is, Jesus is, the bedrock of my faith. That's from her 2014 Christmas speech. He is an inspiration and an anchor in my life, 2014. He is the compelling example. She said that in 1978. The teachings of Christ have served as my inner light. 2020, she said. But when you take the time to consider the teachings of Christ, it's not that surprising that the Queen finds daily inspiration in them. And we've heard read one of those pieces of teaching this morning in Matthew's Gospel. If you've got it with you, do have it open in your Bible. There's some Bibles around. It's Matthew 22. Verses 15 to 22. Let me just read it to you again to refresh your memory. Then the Pharisees went out and they planned to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. So they brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this? Whose is, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him. And went away. Do you see the predicament Jesus is in? The passage before this, just before this in Matthew, is the parable of the wedding banquet. And in that parable, Jesus essentially is saying to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he's basically telling them off for being, hypocr- for being hypocrites. And so these people are getting their own back here. They're trying to trap him. They can't stand what they're doing, what's happening to them because of Jesus and, and what he's, how he is outmaneuvering them, as it were. And so they are out to get Jesus. They're out to trap him, this troublesome preacher from Nazareth. And so they put this question to him. Teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity and you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no, no attention to who they are. Tell us then. What is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? What snakes in the grass they are. What a question. Do you see the problem? There's a little pound, there's a pound coin, you can probably just see it from where you are, there's a pound coin. And on one side is the head of our queen, and on the other side is a, an inscription or, or, or a dark sort of picture on the other side. 
And so they would have done the same. They would have given Jesus a, a coin, a denarius from, from their day. And they were saying, is it right to pay the poll tax, this imperial tax, to Caesar or not? It's a trap. And they know it. If Jesus bends with the wind, if, be, if Jesus bends with the popular will of the crowd who hate the Romans and says, no, don't pay it, then these teachers can pin a charge of sedition on him. But if Jesus says, yes, pay it, then immediately the crowd will turn away from Jesus and walk away and, and never hear his teachings again as a traitor his, to his own people, the Jews. Either way, Jesus can't win. And you can almost hear the hush of the crowds as they await his answer. You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius, and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Of course, it's this, the image of Caesar on one side, just as on this, that coin, it's the, it's the queen's head on one side and the inscription on the other. And so these Pharisees are forced to give the answer. It's this, it's, they, they do it through gritted teeth. Caesar's image. And then comes the clincher from Jesus. So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Wow. What an answer. Give back or render to Caesar that which is Caesar's and give back to God what is God's. In other words, we need to respect the state. We need to honour the government. We need to listen to what they say. We need to do what they ask us to do in matters of law and being a good citizen of this country. But we're also called to worship God and love God in, whose, in, the, in the one in whose image we are made. And so these religious teachers are stunned into silence, don't know what to say, at the wisdom of his answer, and their plans are foiled, and they just creep away, at least for now. So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Yes, Elizabeth is the queen. He, she is our queen. She's queen of the United Kingdom. She's head of state in 54 countries in the Commonwealth. But the Queen herself recognises that there is a higher authority still. God alone is the one who is to be worshipped and adored with all our hearts and all our soul, all our mind and all our strength. And so that is why we give back to God our worship in our everyday lives. We give back, get back to God our praise, our adoration, as we live our lives for Jesus and in his service. And in many ways, our service here this morning is a demonstration of that truth from the teaching of Jesus. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God that which is God's. We are here this morning because we want to thank God and honour God for the way he has blessed us with a sovereign who follows Jesus. Some of us may be ardent royalists. Some of us may be less ardent. But one thing we can all agree on 
is that the Queen has served us all for so many years with devotion and grace and selflessness. Of course, there's so much we don't know about her faith. But we, what we can know, what we can see is this. It is rich, it's alive, it's constant, it's prayerful, it's biblical, and it's Christ-centered. It's shaped by her imagination, and it's enabled her to live a gracious excellence, inarguably the most public role in the world for over 70 years. And that faith, that living trust, that living faith in Christ has impelled her to give credit to our Saviour, to her Saviour, whose servant heart and servant example she has sought to emulate in everything she does. The inner light, the bedrock, that anchor, that inspiration can be ours too. All we need to do is to come to him, come to Christ, and invite him to be the strength in our lives, just as he is sovereign in the life of our Queen. Will you do that today? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for our Queen. We thank you for her example. We thank you for her faithfulness, her diligence her service of our country, the Commonwealth, these many years. And we thank you that she has publicly many times attributed that to her faith in you, her trust in you, that spring of life that you promised to those who trust in you is welling up in her. Father, we thank you for that and many other things. And we pray, Lord, that we would, as we trust in you, as we turn to you, that that spring of life would well up in us, in words and deeds, in lives lived to glorify you. In Jesus' name. We're now going to respond to what Peter's been saying with a song that includes the line, cause your word to come alive in me. Let's not simply be hearers of the word. Let's allow God's word to change our hearts and to change our lives. And may this be our prayer as we sing this next song. Holy Spirit, living breath of God. Please stand sing.
friends Tony and Ursula from Storehouse Church are now going to come and lead us in our prayers. Good morning. Um, just before we pray, I'd just like to read a statement, again, made by the Queen in one of her Christmas broadcasts um, of, two, of 2011. She said, forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families. It can restore friendships. And it can re reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. So let's pray with that in mind. Today, as we celebrate the Platinum Jubilee, Lord... We thank you for this time of coming together of neighbourhoods in celebration all over the UK and no doubt in other places. Lord, where there has been offence, rejection or separation in relationships, whether amongst families, friends or communities, we pray that there will be forgiveness, acceptance and a restoration of peace and unity. And Lord, we thank you for the 70 years faithful service of Queen Elizabeth to the nation, that she has faithfully performed her duties throughout her long reign. We pray God's blessing upon her and that she will continue to fulfill the promises made on her coronation day. We pray you will continue to give her your protection, good health and blessings at this stage of her life and reign. We thank you for her Christian faith and the beneficial effect this has had on the nation. We ask that you will continue to guide her in her decisions, giving her wisdom as sovereign in her God-given authority. We pray also for others in authority, for the government and its ministers, and for our local MPs, that you will help them to make wise decisions both internationally, nationally and locally, so that they will govern effectively. Amen. Can we also just say thank you so much for welcoming us here. We've, we really enjoy being here and we appreciate your friendship uh, and journeying as long as with the Methodists too. So a few more prayers here. Lord, we pray for people in areas where there is war and conflict especially in Ukraine. We pray for, for peace and a swift political solution. We think especially of the victims, those who have lost their families, friends and homes and are fleeing as refugees. We thank you that many have found safe havens and we pray that others will find shelter and be able to settle in places of secure refuge. We thank you for the work of the One New Man Europe, particularly in the Ukraine, that seeks to bring together Jew and Gentile, that they have been active and effective in Ukraine through Messianic and Christian congregations. We thank you for the faith of your believers in Ukraine, who have testimonies of how you have protected and saved them in, in and from many of the conflicts. We pray that you give these believing groups in Ukraine wisdom where to deploy aid and assistance to their people 
that they would find themselves in the right place at the right time again and again. Show us, Lord, how much money we should send and how we can help and pray. And Lord, here in the United Kingdom, we think of those who face financial hardships, maybe because of inflation, energy price rises, illness or redundancy. For those suffering with sickness, mental health issues, addictions, loneliness and bereavement. As Christians and members of Christ's body, particularly here in Baston Hill, we pray to be aware of those around us suffering in these situations and in Shrewsbury as well as further afield. Fill us with your compassion, Lord, so that we will reach out to help those in need as Jesus did. did. And that, Lord, as today is Pentecost Sunday, that we would live daily full of the Holy Spirit so we can follow your promptings about who to visit, who to share the good news about Jesus with, who to befriend, and who to offer prayer to. Thank you that here in Baston Hill, as communities, as the, the three churches where people can belong, Lord, that we can point people to that. And it, that they can be places where people can be provided for, Lord, by your people. Inspire us, God, how to be Jesus to those around us more and more. Amen. We've already sung this morning, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And Jesus longs to fill us with his peace. And so we're going to share a sign of his peace in a moment with one another before we share in bread and wine. So in a minute, I'm going to invite you to stand as we do that. Um, If you feel that you would like to move around the church and greet one another, with a sign of God's peace, saying, peace be with you, then please do feel free to do that. But please just be aware of anybody who may be um, still wanting to keep a little bit of a distance. They just be sensitive um, to how each other's feeling, as I'm sure you will do. So would you all like to stand? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. So let's let's share with one another a sign of God's peace.
Okay, there'll be plenty of time to um, carry on conversations as we enjoy tea and coffee and cake afterwards. If we can come back together now, we're going to sing our next hymn, which is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. prayer F. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. You are worthy of our thanks and praise, Lord God of truth. For by the breath of your mouth you have spoken your word, and all things have come into being. You fashioned us in your image and placed us in the garden of your delight. Though we chose a path of rebellion, you would not abandon your own. Again and again, you drew us into your covenant of grace. You gave your people the law and taught us by your prophets to look for your reign of justice, mercy and peace. As we watch for the signs of your kingdom on earth, we echo the song of the angels in heaven, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
Lord God, you are the most holy one, enthroned in splendor and light. Yet in the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, you reveal the power of your love, made perfect in our human weakness. Amen. Lord, we believe. Embracing our humanity, Jesus showed us the way of salvation, loving us to the end. He gave himself to death for us, dying for his own. He set us free from the bonds of sin, that we might rise and reign with him in glory. Amen. Lord, we believe. On the night he gave himself up for us, on the cross, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Lord, we believe. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Lord, we believe. Therefore, we proclaim his death that he suffered on the cross. We celebrate his resurrection, his bursting from the tomb. We rejoice that he raised at your right hand on high, and we long for his coming in glory. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. As we recall the one perfect sacrifice of our redemption. Father, by your Holy Spirit, let these gifts of your creation be to us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Form us into the likeness of Christ and make us a perfect offering in your sight. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Look with favour on your people and in your mercy hear the cry of our hearts. Bless the earth, heal the sick, let the oppressed go free and fill our church with power from on high. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Gather your people from the ends of the earth to feast with all your saints at the table in your kingdom, where the new creation is brought to perfection in Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory be yours, Almighty Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. We break the spread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, 
with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs from under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Please note that our custom at this time for the sharing of communion is, if you'd like to receive, is to come to the middle table at the front here, down there, as directed by the size people. And Debbie and I will be at the table there to distribute the bread. And then, depending on the side of church you're sitting on, to go to either side to receive the glass of wine. And then we take the bread and the wine back to our seat, and then we all consume together with those who are with us online. If you would like to come up and receive a blessing, please do, that's fine. Just leave your hands by your side so that Debbie and I know what to do.
the body of Christ. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. The blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. So we pray together this prayer following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Now, would you like to stand? And I'm going to lead us in what's called an act of dedication. And this is our way of saying that we want to live uh, like, as it were, our Queen. Our Queen has modelled her life on Jesus Christ. And so we're going to say these words that will ask God to help us to live his way, to live a way that honours Jesus. The words are in bold on the screen. As we give thanks for her majesty's service to us all, let us dedicate our own lives once again to the love and service of God and neighbour. Lord of our lives and Father of all, grant that our thanksgiving may prove itself in service to you and to our Queen our country and one another, for your name's sake. Amen. Do sit down.
now I've got to follow that. But anyway, um, <laughs> brilliant. Right on cue. Would you like to come and tell us what you've been doing this morning? Have you got anything to show us? Do sit down, everybody. We'd love to hear what you've been, well, see what you've been doing. to the cleaners in advance um, but yeah we've been doing three crafts in the back as you can see some little Pentecost streamers wave well, you Pentecost streamers those that have survived it this long <laughs> um, yeah come on bring it up and I hope that it still looks like it's supposed to it's quite a lot of glitter going on on this Good, good, uh, good. And we've also been making some um, little salt dough crowns. If anybody wants to come and show theirs, I've only brought a few in. But if a couple of you want to come up and just show those. if you want to take a look at, um, as you're having refreshments. Thank you. Well, well done, children. Uh, I'm sure Brian won't mind a little bit of clearing up, he says. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, all of you, all of uh, those online as well, it's been wonderful to worship God together on this special occasion. Uh, can I just thank those who decorated the church inside and out? A big thank you to you. Uh, refreshments will be served in the foyer after the service uh, in a moment. Please uh, do feel welcome to stay for a chat. Uh, coffee, tea, squash, uh, and cake. Now, the Methodist Minister Shalom couldn't be with us today, uh, but she's made a very special coronation cake, which she tells me is made with original ingredients from 1953. So it's a very special cake. <laughs> Not from nice. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Not, it's not that old. But ingredients you'd find in 1953. Uh, so now there's not many pieces to it. So it's first come, first served on this, on this one, that particular cake. There's a sign that goes with it. But there's lots of other cake too, I'm told. So that's, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Uh, there's a, a very special uh, book here that's been pr uh, produced for this occasion. Uh, this very special jubilee uh, called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. There are copies available in the foyer there. If you'd like to take one with you, please feel free with our blessing, with our prayers. Uh, that's absolutely fine. And so before we have our final hymn, a, prayer, a closing prayer of blessing. 
God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the queen, the commonwealth, and all humankind, peace and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and be with you this day and always. Amen. So let's stand and sing our final hymn, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. Let's stand to sing together. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Make his face shine upon you.
shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you second guessing we know that we are protected may the peace that surpasses all understanding be our message grace and favors in your nature in your essence Children, and the 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 children, and